Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. We're on uh, take two here after some Zoom problems, but with me as always, we got Nolan T. Smith, and unfortunately, Brett wasn't able to make it. Uh, No coronavirus, but still couldn't make it. And we got a big guest, someone I've wanted to have on for a while now. We got Ryan from Monday Q Info on Twitter. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for making the time. So, Ryan, before uh, we get started, are you able to give us a quick elevator pitch of how you got to where we're at today? Yeah, sure. So, uh, I used to run a group of restaurants. I mean, for most of my adult life, I was in the restaurant business. And uh, kind of a perfect storm of things happened. Uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, first of all, my son had brain surgery. Uh, second of all, we lost our long-term nanny. So our nanny uh, graduated from college and went into the workforce. And then uh, the restaurant group I was working for went bankrupt. Um, so it was kind of a perfect storm of things happening. And my wife and I sat down and decided that I'd stay home with the kids for a little while. We also have a, a daughter. So we have two kids. And um, you know, we, uh, it was a tough decision, uh, but that's what we did. But the intention was always to like go work part-time or have a part-time job. And so at the beginning, I just started this account. Um, I've caddied on many tours, um, throughout like for a long time. I've caddied at Monday qualifiers, Q school, a few web events, those kind of things. So I had known a bunch of guys and was following along with a bunch of guys. So I started the conference just like for fun to have something to do. And I thought if I had 300 followers, it would be a lot. And here we are at whatever, 33,000. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I remember I was following you when you definitely didn't have 30,000. You had more than <laughs> yeah. 300, but I think there was a couple of stories that came out and it really put your name out there. But yeah. yeah. It, it's a crazy I mean, it, story. Like it, it is. Yes. How did you end up deciding on like Monday, Monday Q tweets? Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, so that was really the, like the beginning when I first, like I honestly first started was really the, the intent was to like have a place where people could go to find Monday qualifying scores. So like Monday qualifying, as you guys know, is run by PJ sections. And so it's not at one spot. There's no one spot for you to go and find Monday qualifying scores because depending on what section is running the Monday qualifier, that's where the score scoreboard is. So like the intention of the account was really to start was like everybody could go to my Twitter page and the link every Monday would be there for the, for the score. So that's really what it was. I mean, my handle a case of the golf one is like the worst handle ever. So if I ever thought that like this would be bigger than somebody's following me, I would have put some thought into it, the name and the handle, but it's too late now. Can't change it. Well, it's grown definitely into something pretty cool. And yeah, like Zach was saying, there's always awesome Monday qualifier stories out there. Um, what What is kind of maybe one of your your favorite Monday qualifier stories that you've got to be a part of. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chip McDaniel has been a great story anyway. I mean, he's 
kid from Kentucky, grew up in a really small town. But, I mean, last year he had, I think he might have qualified four times plus the U.S. Open. But the story from the U.S. Open is he made the U.S. Open and made the cut at the U.S. Open. Um, he finished on Sunday on the West Coast um, and got in a got in a bus as soon as his round ended. Went to the airport, flew across the country to Boston. The next event was the Wells Fargo or Travelers, whatever's on the East Coast, and um, like flew with the red eye. Got into Boston like 2 a.m. Drove two hours to the Monday qualifier, teed it up blind, shot 65, got into the event. So, I mean, those that's crazy. Yeah, I think you definitely like opened the eyes to me, and I'm sure like basically every single one of your followers to how good people are at golf. Yes. I think every single day I see one of your tweets, like this guy shot like a 63 and lost yeah. by five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, today, like there was a tournament in at the, on the golden state tour and Dylan Wu plays in it. Dylan Wu is like a corn fairy member. He's a very good golfer, but he was in a threesome with Matt Picanso and Mark Anguiano, who are both very good, but uh, Dylan shot 66, 66, by seven, 67, 66, I think, and didn't beat anybody the whole day. It's like, I mean, these guys, there's a lot of great golf being played outside of the PGA Tour umbrella. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if how much that has to do with the courses they're playing or something. I mean, I know PGA Tour courses are usually harder than most, but like to me, it's hard to fathom that a course is so much harder then I mean you got all these guys who there's the there's two different ways to look at it either the courses are way easier or the depth I mean I like to say the depth of golf is just so incredibly deep which I think you are um, making that known for everyone um, yeah I mean there's I'm, so many guys who can shoot in the low 60s yeah I mean definitely these courses are easier I mean like the course today was like 6900 in the desert so like you know, I mean, yeah, it's definitely shorter, but I think, I mean, you guys know, but I think a common golf fan doesn't realize when we say easy, it's like if a, a common golf fan went out there, it's not as easy as people think it is. So, yeah, it's definitely partly the course for sure. I mean, they're definitely playing easier courses, but I think that's true on any level. I mean, even the Corn Ferry Tour, they play like a lot of pitch and putt courses and got to shoot like 23 24 under but i think because it happens so often that core golf fans go oh it's really easy course it's a really easy course and that's true it's an easy course for professionals but to shoot 24 25 under on any course over like 6500 is ridiculously good so i think it's easy to say like take away the talent side of it it's there's a ton of talent and the combination is the courses are a little bit easier yeah, and when you when you first started, I would guess it was probably very difficult to find all the information. I'm guessing now you probably are getting some people sending you DMs with stories and stats and stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, I say the same thing is is like the expectations have grown from the standpoint of like people expect me to like I'm only one person, so like they expect me to have like every event, every story, every like thing, but. On that side of it, yeah, it's gotten a little easier because, like, grandma's mother's 
<laughs> caddies, agents, like anyone that you can think of. I mean, like this whole outlaw tour disqualification thing happened a couple like weeks ago. I mean, I got a text from a player in the middle of the round that it was happening. So like, like it, yeah, it's gotten easier from that standpoint because I have a lot more followers. And so, and people at this level want, uh, you know, them, their stories to be known. So they like send it to me. Uh, the expectations have grown though. Like people like, what do you, you know, you don't have the scoreboard for this. What are you talking about? I'm like, dude, I mean, yeah, like I you covered, faster than shock tracker. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've covered 13 events today. You know, like I'm sorry, I don't have that. Yeah, so how are, you, how are you covering them? How are you like getting the information? It seems like it's not available to anyone but you. Yeah, I mean, again, the players have been super cool to me. Uh, like today, I mean, the Emerald Coast Tour event today, I just got a random picture of the scoreboard from someone I had never met and it was there at the event and he shot a picture of the scoreboard and sent it to me so it's like it's kind of all over i mean covering like i mean i just have a bunch of tabs open on my on my computer and, and try to follow as closely as possible but definitely followers have helped like you know keep tabs on on everything for sure just make sure you don't get deep faked on that emerald tour who knows what yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly it's just like your your main your main career path right now or uh is this key? i mean i'm sure it can keep you busy for sure but yeah i mean i i mean i say all the all the time like i'm not making any i mean i'm not making any money really from doing this at some point i either got to figure out a way i mean i'm making a little bit here and a little bit there but i'm in the hole for sure since i started the account just like investing in podcast equipment and all those kind of things so uh you know i say that it's not about the money, but at the same time, like if I want to keep going, I got to figure out how to way to monetize it or I got to go back to work. Like it was never the intention to have one income all the time. We have two kids and one income is just doesn't make sense for us. So it's either I got to figure out a way to make some money for it or I, you know, I got to give it up. But, um, I mean, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. It's fun right now. Nobody's working right now anyway. So, Exactly. Yeah. I'm at home and doing nothing. Now you're probably getting some good traction because I know like the only thing you could bet on or do daily fantasy on is this outlaw tour. So I yeah, need I'm, to get my info from somewhere. Yeah, that's that's the. Uh, I I mean, I just said on the last podcast I was on. Like, I gotta apologize to my, my followers because I try my best to answer every DM, but daily fantasy players are like, I don't I don't gamble on golf, but the amount of DMs I get. Like about daily fantasy is i mean i can't keep up i probably get like when an event starts it's like 30 a day 40 a day because like all these all these gamblers don't know these players or don't know a lot and so they'll like shoot me a message like hey what about this guy or what about that guy and I'm like, i try my best to get back to everybody but i, I just can't do it I can't keep up yeah have you been going to a bunch of events or were you going to a bunch I mean, I try my best like throughout the year, but not right now. Like Illinois is on lockdown, so I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I try my best to go to a few a year, but I mean, in Chicago, there's just not a lot of a lot of events close to here. Um, but like, I would have gone to a Monday qualifier 
I would have caddied in a Monday qualifier. A friend of mine comes up every year for the Monday qualifier here. So I would have gone here. I would have gone to the Monday qualifier at the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, I would have gone to the Monday qualifier and caddied in the John Deere Monday. Um, I would have gone to a couple mini tour events, a couple state opens, those kind of things. But we'll see what happens the rest of the summer. Nice. Did uh, So how are, how are you – I mean, this is probably like a – was it a slow grow kind of deal or was there something that just like picked up steam big time when, when. Yeah, I think, I think the advantage that I have is that there's no real, like there's no one doing what I'm doing. And I don't mean that to like brag. It's just like no one covered this side of pro golf, like mainstream media. If there was a good mainstream golf media, if there was a good Monday Q story, they might cover it, but no one was working as hard as like no one was digging deep into these stories. So, I mean, I think that's why it's been the rapid growth is like, I'm not doing what everybody else is doing. And I had, there was no intention. There was no like great idea that I was going to do. It just happened to be that that's what it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a crazy growth. So I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very appreciative. It's crazy. And, uh, like I, I, I can't say thank you enough to everybody. It's been it's been a wild ride for sure. You're the face of Monday qualifiers. <laughs> you said you were gonna be caddying in a Monday qualifier setup for Yes. Yeah, so I try at least to do a couple a year. I'm like oh for twenty or something like that. So I don't know if it's the players or it's me. It's probably me. <laughs> Who are uh, some of the guys you've caddied for? So I mean there's a C.D. Hockersmith, Joe Gunnerman, um, Ryan Yip, I caddied for at like Q School and the web event and those kind of things. We just like haven't found a way to to get through. It's been it's been always close or it's not the right day. But uh, yeah, I usually try to do two a day or, or two a year um, if they're close enough. And that was the plan this year for sure. But here we are. Yeah, I know. Uh, so most people aren't aware, but I'm not a very good golfer, but I am planning to enter a mini tour event with uh, Mark Hubbard's caddy on my bag. So oh. we're going to come like dead last, like by far dead last. Here's my proposal for you. Sure. I enter the mini tour. Yeah. We just keep coming up with all these fake stories about like the Zach Pencer <laughs> coming from Canada. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, He's been crushing the mini tours in Canada, which I don't think even exists because no one knows. And they'll be like, wow, Monday Q Info's tweeting about this guy. We got to price him up in the yeah. fantasy sports. Yeah. going to take me. And then. And what are you going to shoot? Oh, like per round or over par? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, per round. Uh, I'm like a 35 handicap. Okay. So on these courses, I would guess at least 100. Okay. And then you got the pressure of yeah, such yeah. a big event. Right, no, right, but right. Zach, you um, say that pressure doesn't get to you. Though. I'm very <laughs> mentally strong. That's how this came about. <laughs> oh, this is how it came about, that pressure. Zach, like, you're Zach just going to go claims, shoot your normal one? Yeah, Zach claims to have the strongest mental game out of, uh, yeah. uh, I don't know, Zach, out of anyone, out of yeah. everyone on, on our team. What, what's your claim? What's your I'm not going to say anyone, but I think I could, I think I'm up there with the best of them. Can't hit it well, but. We'll see. We'll see what we're, how that first tee 
Where do you have you picked out a tour or you don't know? Uh, no, well, probably the Outlaw Tour actually, because okay. uh, I don't know if you know Reed Martin. He's he was caddying on the Corn Ferry Tour for a while. Okay, I don't know him. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, lives down there, so it'll probably be somewhere down there. But this has caused uh, yeah, yeah. A backup. Problems towards the plan. Who knows when the next time they but enter your country is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I've I've had a one question. I'm wondering. I was going to tweet it out today and do a poll sure. on it. And I feel sure. like you see these guys all the time. If you take uh, Rory McIlroy, who's the best in the world, and you play yeah. in one of these mini tour events, how often does he win? So I actually got in. Like a heated debate. So uh, I did a Q&A a long time ago, maybe six months ago or whatever. And so I was like, just ask me any questions. I was in an airport or something. And someone asked me, like, if Justin Thomas played in a Dakota's event, in five Dakota's event, how many would he win? And I was like, I don't know, two and or three. And it was just like off the cuff. And it started like this huge debate. PGA Tour members were involved and like equipment reps that like i mean i got angry dms about it it was just like it was it was crazy so i mean he would he would win almost everyone i mean i i think that like i think that the talent between like uh maybe the 75th and below and a very good mini tour players is is really thin but I think the top, even at the PJ Tour level, I think the top is so much better than everybody else that, I mean, he would. But I think, I mean, let's just look at the West Florida Tour this last Monday. Jazz, whatever, however you say his last name from Thailand, is the 39th ranked player in the world. Zach drafted him in our in our draft. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Name's right Sorry. here somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, like, in 18 holes or 54 holes or 72 holes, I think anything can happen. So if Rory's off his game and someone's really on his game, he would get beat. I mean, Jazz just lost to – I mean, the West Florida Tour, is graded as it, as it is, it's, that's pretty well down the, the list of mini tours. It's a one-day pretty small tour. There's not, like, a ton of great names playing there. And he finished, like, whatever. He finished 18th or 19th. So – I mean, Rory can be beat for sure by a mini tour player. It just take the right day. Good answer. I like, I like that question a lot. I mean, because, yep. yeah, I totally agree that the cream of the crop of, I mean, these are the top, I don't even know, like 0.1% of golfers in the world yep. that, I mean, they're so good and they're, they're coming in top 10, top 20 all the time on the PGA Tour. Yeah. So uh, these are guys who can't crack open into the Corn Ferry Tour. So uh, Yeah, I mean, I say I use Ed Lore. Ed Lore, when I interviewed him a long time ago, like he's like, Ryan, I'm the one per, I'm the one percent, the one percent of the point one percent. Like, you know, and then you take Rory, it's probably another point one percent of that. So it's like, I mean, he's, I mean, how many times would Michael Jordan lose to, you know, a really good college player? It would take, it would take, have to take a perfect scenario for Michael to lose. So in Rory's case, 
they'd have to take a perfect scenario in, in order for him to lose. But I, th- I think it could happen. You've been watching the the Last Dance documentaries? It's awesome. I hate the Bulls. I'm from Michigan originally, <laughs> even though I live in Chicago. I'm a Pistons fan, so I hate the huh? Bulls, and I hated Jordan forever because I was like grew up with the bad boys. And those so did Isaiah so. get snubbed out? By- oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure, but I understand why he did it. I mean, everybody hated Isaiah. Yeah, that's the best, like, that's what the bad boys lived on is like everybody hated them and they didn't give a shit, you know? So it's like they, uh, like, I mean, I understand why he's not on the team. Everybody hated Everybody on that team hated him. Bird hated him. Magic hated him at that point. That was the best part, Jordan, basically being like, I wouldn't have him on the team if it was up to me, but it wasn't my decision. (laughs) Everyone hated him. I mean, the, the bad boys were like terrible. So I hate the Bulls, but. Last Dance is awesome for sure. What's your take on the them not giving him a handshake at the end of the, the game in the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, my thing is that like basketball was just different back then. I mean, he like he talked about it like when they took the torch from the Celtics. The Celtics didn't shake their hand, and no one made a huge deal about it. Like it was just the way basketball was played like back then, but. It is what it is. Like Jordan, what makes him a great competitor, in my opinion, is like he finds way to hate, finds ways to hate people, and that's why he crushes them, right? So like, that's his reason to hate the Pistons. So it find is what it is. Some sort of fuel to that fire. Exactly. Whether it's fabricated or not. Exactly. I mean, like, it just happened to the Pistons the previous year. But like, if that's the reason you hate him, and that's why you buried him for the next whatever many years, so be it. It worked. Jerry Crow should have just left at one point and teamed up with Isaiah Thomas, and it would have been the yeah. greatest team of all time. <laughs> the, great, the most hated team they ever. They would have lost by like a thousand points every game. Exactly. <laughs> I could sit and talk basketball for a while here. There was, I mean, you, you've had, you've got a couple of great Pistons teams in your lifetime. Then. Yeah, I went to the, I went to the finals when they beat the Lakers. When they beat Shaq and the Lakers with yeah, that was, and all those kind of teams is. That was a solid squad with Chauncey, Rip Hamilton, yeah. Tayshaun Prince, Sheed, I mean, Ben Wallace. I mean, that. <laughs> it was one of the few teams that, like, in the last however many years, won without a superstar. I mean, they had a lot of good players, very good players, but they did not have a superstar. Totally agree. That was just, like, they had five, like, yep. like right on the – like, borderline all-stars, but yep. not – yeah, superstars. That's that's. Just, it was really it's really rare i mean like if you think about all the nba teams the last whatever 20 years it's like there's a superstar in every team except for that one yeah 100% yeah. so getting getting back to golf a little bit here uh how much do you follow the pga tour now that you're covering the mini tours in monday yeah. i mean i see the same thing is like is i I like the PJ Tour. Listen, like if I had to pick one golfer to ever play with, like of course it would be Tiger Woods, right? Like I I love but that doesn't mean like to as a, as a golf fan, the PJ Tour gets monotonous at times. Like there's no life-changing wins or very seldom on the PJ Tour. Like Dustin wins, Tiger wins, Rory wins, like at the Wells Fargo or the players or whatever. That doesn't change their life in any way. It just doesn't. Uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour, it happens every week because now with the wraparound season and 50 events being in it, that'll change. But 
like when it was 25, 28 events, if you want an event, it most likely meant that you're going to go to the PGA tour. And a lot of these times, I mean, I use Vince Cavello all the time. The guys, as an example, last year he won, he's on the PGA tour now this year. I mean, he was turned pro 18 years ago and never sniffed the PGA tour. That win is like truly life-changing. He has a chance to go make millions of dollars on the greatest tour in the world. That's pretty cool to watch. It just doesn't happen very often on the PGA Tour. I love the PGA Tour, but it's like if I had to choose of what I could watch, Corn Ferry or PGA Tour, it would be Corn Ferry most every time outside of majors because I think it it's more life-changing. I think that's why uh, your account's done so well. People love those kind of stories. Like That's how we ended up getting back in touch for this. I saw the story you put out on Eric Barnes. Yeah, yeah. That was... Like, all these stories are incredible. Do you have, like, a favorite of these feel-good stories? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think probably Don Leafstrand, and he hasn't made it back, but, like, uh, he has a wild, wild story. He lived in a storage unit for a long time. And, I mean, like, he should do a documentary on himself or have somebody do a documentary. Like, he's a pool hustler. He's, like, he has just a wild, crazy story. So. Uh, his, I mean, chips across the across the country. Uh, Eric McLean um, or Andrew McCain. McLean uh, just just uh, qualified Monday, qualified for the Honda, and lived in the back of his truck for 18 months. Uh, I mean, there's just some, and I think that, like I've said it before, is like common golf fans didn't realize this side of golf even existed, let alone that guys were grinding away doing this. I think that. As you guys know, golf is thought of as elitist. Like everybody has money, and of course, for the most part, there is a lot of players out there who have a lot of money. Even at the mini tour level, they come from family money or whatever. But there's definitely a good portion of people who don't have any money or doing these things, working at Publix as a grocery store shopper, caddying on the side. Or, I mean, a good friend of mine, Joe Gunnerman, is like getting back into it. He's doing Instacart like the grocery shopping delivery thing right now. He just sent me a text. He's like, I'm going to do it when I go to an event on the day off. Cause like I can make a hundred bucks. He's like, what if I can pay a third or a quarter of my entry fee off by going and running some groceries for a couple hours. So I think that the, the common golf fan and golf media in general, tells the story of Tiger and Rory and those guys, and it gets lost. They're all like riding in private jets and all that kind of stuff. So I think some fans didn't even know the side of golf existed. I would say a lot, maybe the majority of fans don't even know this side of golf existed. I know I I wouldn't be surprised if any of my immediate golf friends really know anything about it. And yeah, tell us a little about this Eric Barnes story for, people who may have not seen it. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is kind of a perfect example of what, like I get a lot of messages after I put it out. It's like Eric's on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's finished 50th or 70th. I mean, he's had like, I mean, he's a very good golfer, had a, a solid career, just hasn't like made the jump to the PGA Tour. And I think a lot of people think that those guys on the Corn Ferry Tour have, have money and they don't. Like, you know, to make sixty five or $70,000 in, in earnings 
doesn't go anywhere. Uh, I use the Kyle Thompson quote all the time. He said, you know, I was 50th on the money list. I walked into a 7-Eleven and I realized that the cashier was making more money than I was. And it's, it's true. So yeah, Eric, uh, like has made three of three cuts this year on the corn ferry tour. He's like he's done really well on the West Florida tour, but he has two young kids. And so when this all happened, he went and got a job. And I mean, he's, he's uh, stocking shelves at a Publix from 3 a.m. to noon, then comes home and sleeps for a couple hours, then goes and practices from like 3 p.m. till dark, comes home, spends a little time with his kids, and then, and then uh, starts the whole process all over again. And so, again, it's, I mean, him and I were texting today. It's like, I think uh, people don't see this sacrifice to go chase your dream and appreciate the fact that you could probably just go get a good club club job and have it live relatively comfortable or do what he's doing now to see if he can make the big jump. And I think people appreciate it. Yeah. You mentioned one other thing though, in your tweets that I know you left out now, but I feel like people should hear that. You also said that Barnes, whenever he has time off, he always goes and donates blood. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I called him, I, uh, I said, Oh, what are you up to? And he's like, Oh, I'm donating blood right now. Like, I mean, it just, it speaks to the, I mean, and I tweeted it out again tonight is like, so Golf Channel picked up the story. He was on Golf Central tonight. There's a story coming out. I yeah, Golf, Golf Channel, Channel tomorrow. Of the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I need to find a way how to make a commission on these stories. Uh, he, um, he sent me a text and was like, hey, man, I really appreciate it. It's very nice of you. And I was like, hey, man, I didn't do anything. And, but it just speaks to the person he is, you know, donating blood. And he didn't have to send that message. I just, it's a simple tweet. Took me. 15 minutes now like I took a lot of time but uh yeah I think it speaks a lot to, to who he is yeah that's the definition of of the grind right there for sure yeah it is for sure and I think uh like we could relate sort of in the type of content that we put out like from the start we've always started with interviewing caddies on the lower tours and mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily just out of we want to get their story it was really that these were the people who were nice enough to come on and <laughs> help yep. someone else out which says a lot about them because while they're a lot of them especially the players they're not making tiger woods money they don't need to be coming on our podcast to yeah, yeah. tell their stories but they all do and it seems like they probably have much better stories than what these top guys would have or be able to say yeah i mean here's here's what i say it's like and i go through the same thing i mean like i say that i say it about ed lauren kyle i mean kyle thompson was my first interview i'm sure I had no idea what, I mean, I, I know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And he stayed on the phone with me for like 45 minutes. I had like 500 followers. And so, yeah, I definitely appreciate it. But what I've found at this level is these guys are so honest because they don't answer to anyone. There's no agent. There's like, they don't have any club deals or, or clothing deals or anything like that outside of maybe free equipment. But like, they're just so honest about, about what they're, where they're at in their life and their story. And so like, you know, I say it's just, it's refreshing because like you just have an honest conversation with guys. It's not, they're just dudes and they're just going to tell you what it is, how it is. 
Oh, sorry, the Zoom problems. But uh, so I know we put out a tweet asking for some questions and I've asked you a bunch of them that were similar, how you started that kind of thing. But I got one message. I feel like it's by someone you might know, Uh Jeff Grimes. Yeah, Yeah, I know Jeff. Uh, He wanted me to ask you if you could caddy one round on the Corn Ferry Tour or on the PGA this year, who would it be for? And which course would you choose? That's a really good jet. Yeah, Jeff's been super nice to me. He's like, took me to a an unreal course that he belongs to. He's a, he's a great dude. Um, that is, who would I caddy for? I mean, I, I probably caddy for Eddie Olson uh, in a corn fairy event. It doesn't matter what course. Eddie's got a really great story. Grew up with a single mom and, uh, and like was has missed at Q school like eight or nine times. And this year was not going to go to Q school and his sponsor would help them in the past. was like, you're too good to not go to Q school and send him some money to go to Q school about a week before the, uh, the deadline to get into Q school. And then he got all the way through and got his card. And so he's just become uh, like a Twitter friend, I guess. And he just got a great story. And I'm, I'd love to like get it for him. Do you ever see that? I mean, if the the right opportunity presented itself, would you want to make catting a career? Never, never. Yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty hit. Like, I, I mean, like, I, not that I would ever, I'm not good enough or anything like that, but I, I say it a lot is like, I think that being this good in golf at this many tour levels at times kind of a curse. It's like you got to go chase it because you're really, really good, but the lifestyle kind of sucks. Like to live on that mini tour grind is kind of, is kind of rough. So yeah, I have, I know how caddies live out there. <laughs> they live in like hotels together and all that kind of stuff. Maybe when I was like 24, or 25, I might, might think that was great. But now that I have a family, no way. Okay, Joey Lacava walks up to you and says, "Hey." <laughs> I'm out. I, Tiger wants you to, to man that's the a different story. That's, a different <laughs> okay. story. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where you'd be like, yeah, okay. I can do it. Yeah. That. I could probably fit this into my schedule. <laughs> Find a week off here and there. Not every yeah. week, but only <laughs> when it fits. Yeah. Yeah. Were you a big golfer growing up? Yeah. So I played, uh, I played junior college golf and then transferred to a four year school, at Michigan state and, tried to walk on and I thought I was pretty good shooting 74 75 and that was kind of my wake-up call was like I grew up in a small town and you know I was always like quote-unquote the best golfer in that town and then junior college I was at a good junior college but I was pretty good and then I went to a four-year school thinking I was hot shit and that was that was my wake-up call that I had no business being anywhere and I was like I better get my degree figure this out you you stuck it out at Michigan State then, or? Uh, I mean, I didn't play for them, but, but, but I mean, I graduated from there. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. I like me some uh, go green, go yeah. white. Yeah. <laughs> Chase yeah, my Cook parents. is the only guy I know who's there. Was that his name? Yeah. Cook? Connor Cook. Yeah, Connor, Connor Cook. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My We're a huge state fan. So my parents, my brother, grandparents all graduated from Michigan State, so. Yeah, I was pulling for him hard uh, 
oh gosh, when was that? I went to when University of Oregon came over and played. Oh yeah, yeah. a couple years back. That was a pretty. I think they were both top ten. It was really yeah. early in the season. Yeah. So I went to Oregon State, and I went to the I double dipped and went to the Oregon State Michigan game. And oh yeah, the U of O Michigan State game. So that was a yeah. pretty fun, pretty fun experience. That's like, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so before we uh, close things out, what's the what's the future of Monday Q Info? I mean, honestly, I like I'd love to say I have this big grand plan of what's going to happen, but it's basically day by day. Uh, I mean, everyone says they're going to do a podcast, and so I'm working on it. But there's a million podcasts out there, and want to make sure it's right before I get out there. Um, the future is tomorrow. I'm going to tweet about the Golden State tour. <laughs> we'll kind of figure things out as they go day by day. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks so much, Ryan, for coming on. Uh, hopefully, we can have you on again soon once we get some golf going to talk some more stories. Yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work that you guys are doing too. Absolutely. I look forward to uh, you know hearing about more and more stories out there. They're they're always uplifting. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.